For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Happy Halloween from your friends here at the Pat McAfee Show. We have an incredibly deep conversation for you today. Should have paid homage to Halloween. Here's a quick story. Uh, my freshman year of college, we're living at the dorm. It was a good time. The towers of Morgantown are just an absolute blast. I went to Spencer's Gifts the day of Halloween when we all decided we we're going to go out and shut the town fucking down. I found the most ridiculous thing I could find. It was a big blow-up penis costume. (laughs) Your head would stick out right underneath the tip, and your feet would go out either either ball. And then there was a little fan that blew in the back, and you had to waddle, but it was pretty awesome. I mean, I was a six-foot-one inflatable penis. Me, a cow, a sheriff, and I believe a scream mask wearer. Went into a couple of different clubs, won four different costume contests that night. Because up on the stage, when they asked the penis to dance, I would break it down. <laughs> At about midnight, the fan broke, though. So now it's just one big floppy penis. And turns out it was an even better costume than whenever it was fully erect. People loved the floppy head bouncing around on top of my head. The flaccidness of the balls made my feet be able to move so I could dance a little bit harder. That and the time that I dressed up as an alpine skier are my two favorite Halloweens. I wore rollerblades around Morgantown, wore all white tights, had long hair at the time, hairsprayed it straight back so it looked like I was going fast at all the time. I had two hiking sticks in either arm. I was a downhill alpine skier in Morgantown, West Virginia. Rollerblades stayed on the entire evening. We're called the Mountaineers. Think about how hard that had to be. Walking around campus in rollerblades, 1, 2, 3 a.m., uphill, downhill, trying not to die. Won a couple costume contests in that bad boy as well. I was in great shape. I'll post a photo at some time today of that outfit. That thing was award-winning. Halloween's a great time. People just get to act completely ridiculous and wear next to nothing and then flaunt around town and act like it's completely normal. I believe the Halloween party days are behind me, but I'll always look upon them fondly because what a ridiculous evening for everybody to enjoy. Tonight, we'll be in Waco, Texas for the West Virginia Baylor Bears game. Will there be a costume in the booth? Maybe. And if you're going to come to this game in Waco, Texas, you just so happen to be in this town in the middle of Texas with not much going on. They have an incredible country western store, though. I've learned that. Zito has an incredible Texas shirt on with a bolo. Hasn't taken it off since he got here. Oh, I forgot was there. Exactly. We like this town of Waco. There's good people here. But if you're going to come to this game or any other game that exists, maybe the World Series last night, shout out to the Astros, champions of the Major League Baseball season 2019. 
they are currently up 2 nothing. you know, when I'm reading this. If they lose it, I mean, that's the fucking... In baseball, you might as well have given up a 45-point lead. But if you're going to go to any game or a concert or play or anything, you need to utilize the ticket platform that saves your life, that makes everything easier, that is honestly the best-priced tickets on planet Earth and the moon, and that's SeatGeek. Right now, use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee. You get $20 off your first order. Wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. They have tickets to everything. And they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. The best ticket available for the best price available is available for you, the best human on Earth, because you are using SeatGeek. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek today's presenting sponsor. And before we get started with an incredible conversation about being a Muslim man in a non-Muslim world for an incredibly deep conversation and also great stuff from Dwight Freeney, it's time to talk about our all-time favorite underdog success story, Movement Watches. Founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank, they've sold almost 2 million watches worldwide by bringing quality designs at fair prices. I can't get enough of their 1960s American muscle car-inspired blacktop collection. Honestly. If you're looking for a little throwback nostalgia with awesome on your wrist, I mean, this is the collection for you. I don't always wear watches, but I do wear movement sunglasses on a very, very regular basis. They're great facial decoration. They have incredible designs, and they're always priced fairly. And that's the difference between movement and everybody else. So whether it's watches, whether it's their sunglasses, or any of the other accessories that have been perfect gifts for family, friends, and significant others that I have spent over the years. Movement watches are all about looking good while keeping it simple. They don't tell you how many steps you've taken or blow your wrist up with text messages. They're not overly intrusive on life with notifications, text messages, emails, whatever. They tell me the true time and they keep my face looking incredible with their sunglasses. Movement watches start at just $95. You're looking at $400 for some of the same quality and traditional brand shit. Movement has sold almost 2 million watches in over 160 countries. All these people can't be wrong. It was started by college dropouts. It's an incredible story. It was a crowdfunded startup that is now in 160 countries. And right now you can get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash m-c-a-f-e-e. mvmt.com slash McAfee. Movement's launching new styles on their site all the time. Check out their latest at mvmt. Dot com. Go to mvmt.com slash McAfee. Join the movement now. Great sunglasses, great watches, fairly priced, started as a crowdfunding thing by two college dropouts. Now they're in 160 countries. That's something I can get behind. You should too. mvmt.com slash McAfee today. All right. This is going to be a conversation I think you're going to enjoy. Adam Amin, you've called play-by-play for over a thousand games at ESPN. How many years have you been there? It's my ninth year at ESPN. Okay, nine years at ESPN. Yeah. Play-by-play the entire time? The whole time. A little bit of studio hosting here and there, but all play-by-play. And where'd you go to school? Valparaiso, Indiana. That is the play-by-play hub. Everybody oh, it's, says oh, that. it's a hotbed. Hotbed, <laughs> y'all. How did you not end up at Syracuse? I didn't take the SATs. I don't did you guys take the SATs? Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. did. Okay. Yeah, so we did. so in the I think what I heard, I don't know if this is true and maybe Zito can back me up. Oh yeah. We were ACT people. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. I that's think I you was. had to take the SATs to get into Syracuse. Oh yeah. Yep, pretty And standard. I Hey, that's a pretty fucking uh Is it because you is it because you're 
you're Muslim and didn't take the the SAT. That's why Syracuse didn't let you. Gonna, we could say that right let's now. Say, let's tell everybody that it's a bunch. Of <laughs> everybody. Zeno's Cuban. He couldn't have got in. Yeah, they, they looked at us. It were like hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. Uh, did you take the SAT? Do they even offer that where you're from? No. Okay, that's all right. No. <laughs> they don't. We don't like your kind. It's like I don't. What, what is that supposed to mean? The kind that don't take the SAT. So I took the ACTs. And I, pl- I ended up applying applying for, like, three schools. That's it. Like, Western Illinois, Bradley, and Valpo. And the only reason I applied to Valpo is because my buddy told me to. My buddy was uh, going to be the general manager of the student radio station. He's from my hometown. Nice. Still works at Florida Atlantic University as their Shout play-by-play out. guy. Shout out Owls, Lane Kiffin. What's up? And then uh, he's like, hey, if you want to try broadcasting, which I had messed around with very, very, un- like, infrequently in high school. He's like, come down here. Come, come to Valpo. I'll put you on the air. So I, I said, all right. I applied. I got in, sight unseen. First time I was on campus was first day of registration. Nice. So I never bothered to go. I and you're like, from oh, let's go. Chicago. From Chicago, suburban Chicago. And was the plan to be play-by-play guy? God, no, man. What was the plan? Every, like, I wanted to be a baseball player first and foremost. Then you get to, like, 12, and you're like, yeah, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> When did you Jose know- Altuve? I mean, that guy's about your size. Well, he, I'm, he, I'm, I, taller, I've done okay. Astros games. I'm taller than Altuve. Oh yeah, wow. I'm wow. taller than Altuve, which, which is which is just and he's the and he's an MVP. So clearly, I just didn't I didn't have fucking what it took. Oh, you're a bit <laughs> negative. Like, you're a bit <laughs> negative. Clearly, <laughs> my, clearly, my my biggest issue was the mental aspect of it because I had already disregarded myself before I even walked into the room. I was like, oh, I can't do this. That's that's you could have, by the way. I, I would I'd see if I, I I wanted to ask you. Yeah. When did you know, like, hey, you know, like I I know kids. We ask the, this question to college kids all the time. Like, when yeah. did you know you could play college football or whatever? Yeah. What was for real? When did you? When when were you like I could I could punt and kick in college? Uh, I could do this. NFL was the thought. The <laughs> first time I kicked a ball, I kicked a sixty okay. yard field goal. Yeah. So the first time I kicked a football was a sixty yard field goal, and I had to have a, like a real conversation with my parents. It was a business decision. More schools were looking at me for soccer than for football, so it was a business decision. You want to get rich in Europe or America? So we decided with football, and it worked out. I mean, there was a lot of very lucky things were that had to happen for it to work out, but it worked out. Were you a very confident kid? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like, because where you're like. I was either going to be a star in Europe or a star in America. One or the other. No, rich yeah, in I Europe. Gonna, or rich. I was, was going to be rich in one or the other. It didn't matter. Well, like, I, but Because I feel like that separates people like you who get to that level and people like me who have to f- kind of figure it out. And once we figure it out, I'm all in. Like yeah. once I figured it, figured out it was this, it was tunnel vision. Yeah, but for me, but, uh, but so I feel I like that, gonna, that separated us. I wasn't going to. I saw my dad wake up at like 4 a.m. and then come back at like 6 p.m. and he was a truck driver and all yeah. that stuff. And I watched that and then I watched Wild On with Brooke Burke and I was like, I'll tell you what, they seem to be enjoying life <laughs> a lot more than Tim McAfee who's busting his ass. I want to go do that yeah. instead. Yeah, and I was like, you know what, I am going to try my absolute best to become a uh, wealthy person. And this video just actually got released from West Virginia where... I, I, I commented on it. Yes. I tweeted at it. I said, ba- aw, baby Pat. Yeah, and if you look at that, all the things... It was adorable. All the things that I said were all people that were rich. That's all I cared about. I didn't care about what I did. I just knew I wanted to be wealthy at some but the, point. But they, they had a checklist for you. Yeah. And it was, hey, I wanted to do X, Y, Z, and A, yeah. B, and C, and all of them were checked off. That's awesome. Except for the acting thing. We're writing a movie right now. Actually, we have a movie. That'll get knocked down. Yep. I don't know if it'll be good. I think it'll be better than some shit that gets out. But let's go back to you. <laughs> uh, so when you get in there, when did you know that you had this incredible skill uh, to potentially be a play-by-play person? Because as somebody that just got into the world, the play-by-play person 
the amount of homework you have to do and studying you have to do and then the ability to balance everything is a real acquired skill i'm not sure everybody can do it when did you know like you know what i could probably be a pretty good little play-by-play guy i think uh probably like my junior year of college were you we, calling their basketball games we were doing basketball we did everything there it was kind of cool actually we got to do basketball games football games uh, studio. We did the play-by-play and the analyst job. We did uh, producer in the studio. So, like, all these jobs we got to do when we were in college. So that was a nice little leg up. And I was happy eventually that I went to Valpo instead of a place like Syracuse because at Syracuse, you don't get to do anything until you're a junior. You got to, like, work your way Earn up. It. You know, you gotta, it's a hierarchy. And I guess when you've had, you know, Mike Tirico and Ian Eagle and Bob Costas and Dick Stockton and Dave O'Brien and Dave Passion, all these people that are our colleagues now and work at big jobs in the industry like i guess you're allowed to do that okay so the thing about you is so interesting is you came from a family background right that is not very uh akin to sport i would no. say right no i would say not. muslim community is not very well represented in sports probably not i would say i think i think that probably bears down to the individual more than anything else i'll tell you this in pakistan like the translation of Pakistani sports that are popular to America doesn't really connect. You are Pakistani. Pakistani, 100% Pakistani. Okay, and your family very much Pakistani. Like it's not like All a th- yeah through and through. I was the first person in my family to be born in the United States. Oh, so that was that was the big. What's the language? Uh, we speak Urdu, but there's like in, in that region there's hundreds of languages spoken. We speak Urdu, which is probably like a top ten most popular language in, in the world. This is a very ignorant question. I had zero Muslim friends growing up. Sure. What was it like? Has the world kind of changed in the, the perception of a Muslim? Yeah, people? yeah, yeah. Like you're right in the middle of that. I mean, that is literally your life. Uh, how old are you? I'm I'm the I'm 32. So we're the same age. So, so literally, you, we were in the same grade. I think probably through when, high school, yeah. it all kind of started happening, and it, it is an interesting thing. The the Muslim image. Oh yeah, became an interesting. You remember being a freshman? I mean. Compare your freshman year and what, how you thought and what you thought of and, and everything you did compared to what you are now. That's yes. a pretty big difference. And I've learned to kind of figure out, hey, let's not be too upset at a bunch of 14-year-olds for you know, not knowing what they're saying to you because they didn't know what they were saying. But September the 12th, we went back to school as a freshman in, in, uh, in high school. And the first thing somebody said to me, his name, his name is Marco, uh, you shouldn't be here. Your people did this. Yeah, that's a crazy and that's, thing. And that's a hurtful thing to hear when you don't, when, I mean, you have nothing to do with this. Yeah. And you're very much taught, like, like my dad and my mom were very religious people. Uh, but, like, they were also very understanding. They were very liberal compared to a lot of, like, other Muslim kids' parents that I knew. Yeah. So they gave me a lot of leeway, and they were very cool with me asking questions, and I always appreciated that. So I asked my parents and my dad, I'm like, what is, how come they're, how come people are so angry about this? And he said, they don't understand. They don't know what we know. Or yeah. they think we think something different than yeah. what we think. So that was frustrating because it's like... Yeah, because what are some myths about the Muslim religion? So I, you hear it all, right? Oh, Especially- any, any, any stereotype ISIS thing you can think of. Al-Qaeda at that time, I think, was the, was the terrorist group of, of choice. But... Uh, <laughs> so, so, so weird that was a particular all star team over there at the time. <laughs> Soup du jour. Yeah, <laughs> Taliban kind of beat them out yeah, there for a little bit, and then ISIS really came in. What's uh? What do you guys have on the menu for today? Look <laughs> <laughs> at that Al Qaeda. Yeah. That, that sounds like the one to go with. So like that. But I, you, I think every stereotype you could think of, like oh, you, like you hate women, you're you're you disregard like anything from west of 
you know, the Western culture or whatever. Happiness, too, by the way, right? Like happiness, capitalism, all these things they oh, think yeah. that the Muslim religion hates against. Yes, and, and it's not, not the case. And, and for these people, yeah, they think whatever they think. That is the sliver uh, you remember the West Wing? That show, the West Wing. Yep. They're, they did a episode about nine eleven, uh, maybe a month after yep. it happened. Right. It's called Isaac and Ishmael. But you know, referring back to the Bible, and the story uh, that they the, they use a comparison because the guys from the White House asked these kids that they're stuck in in the White House with about this. Like, what would I say? It's a event. I don't know what they're called. Like, it's a fill in the blank. Uh, Christianity is to as Islam is to terrorism or like to, to Al-Qaeda or whatever. And the blank was KKK. Okay. And I always thought that was a similar or the, like a simile, an analogy that made sense. Like if you think of the KKK and you're a Christian person, you don't associate yourself with what their values are or how they go about their practices. Yep. That's how we feel about like, hey, that's a small, dumb group. It's the small, dumb group that has a, a louder voice than they probably should have. I think that's the best way I can. I you know, can a lot of people listening to this right now just had an, an entire oh, moment. Right I, there. I mean, I that it made sense to me, and I was questioning it. And this was I grew up on the religion, so I was like, how do I contextualize this when I'm 14 years old? Did you play sports growing up? Yeah, uh, when you were 12, you stopped playing baseball. But anything else? Did you play sports? Uh, played football uh, and basketball all the way through freshman year of high school. Uh, played baseball all the way up until about about junior high. I started playing volleyball. So this is another thing we haven't covered. Love volleyball. I started playing volleyball when I was 12. Stopped playing baseball and played all the way through high school. Played club ball all the way through like sophomore year of Libero? college. Libero? Uh, so, and we had this conversation, I think. Yeah. You and I were the last year, I think, for both Illinois and Indiana vo- boys Pennsylvania, volleyball. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Uh, or uh, Pennsylvania uh, yeah. volleyball, where you didn't have the libero on the boys side the girls had it for those listening that don't know volleyball at all and know that men's volleyball exists it was my favorite sport in high school literally my favorite sport in high school because i knew there was nothing really it was just fun like it was just fun and i was good at it libero is a position that only plays in the back row they don't play on the offense it's basically a defense only position if you ever watch a match they're the they're the player with a different colored jersey they don't count as a substitution. You play all but one rotation, so you got a ton of playing time. And they eat balls. And they eat like I'm <laughs> just like, eat them. Just you're 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 ready. Some six foot six dude from you know Ukraine. You know, Ukraine is coming at you. <laughs> yeah, he's ready. To, he thinks he's gonna crush one. You're you're right. I had a sick digs four, four, all game long. Dude, I had a digs. I had a college coach who went to one of my games my senior year. I played my freshman and senior year. I didn't play those right. uh, middle years. I was already committed to West Virginia, so I was just going to play with my boys. All my boys played volleyball, so I was like, yeah, I'll just play. It's fun. By the way, we sold tickets. We sold a lot of We moved we had, we tickets. We had fans. Yeah, we, we, we moved had, tickets. We were the first successful boys volleyball team in like 15 years at the at, at our high school. And I had a good little career. I, I'm still friends with some of the guys yeah. that, that I played with. My coach... Still, like, my coach will probably listen to this. Like, he was my econ teacher and my volleyball coach. Yeah, our, my coach, too, by the way. His name is Nonnenberg, legend of a man. He got fired from the high school. Now he coaches in <laughs> elementary. He didn't get fired. He got moved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, d- displaced. Yeah, he's a le- he's probably one of my favorite coaches I've ever had, by the way. He's like, talked to me. Yeah. Because he was my last coach before I went to college. So, because it was spring. So, he was my last coach. So, he was telling me a lot about Same life. Here. He and I, he and I relate a lot. I'm a big fan of his. You know what? Uh, here's a funny story just with the Muslim thing. Uh, he, he was the guy that made it. Like cool, like cool with everybody. Like he he made it okay for me to be. be now what is that? Ramadan. Ramadan. We had a player on our team at West Virginia, Ridwan Malik. Yeah, he had to he fast, fast, sun up to sundown, 
And it's not just food. I think a common misconception is that it's only food. It's food and water. You abstain from why, water. Why? What does that mean? So uh, the, uh, how it was taught to me was basically you should understand the suffering of those who have less than you. Like, you know, those who feel hunger on a, day, on a daily basis. Like, you should understand. Like homeless people, through. people that don't have food, Abs- things yeah. like that. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a test of will. It's heavy, man. It's, it is. And, and, it's, and it's, I mean, 30 days is a long time. It, it sucks when it's in the summer. It's doable in the winter. Yeah, what do you do? Just like, pick and so, choose when it is. So uh, it's a, the so the Islamic calendar I think is the equivalent to I want to say ten and a half like months, months that we that we follow the the uh, what do we follow the Julian calendar? Yeah, Julian. Yep. So of the Julian twelve month calendar, the Islamic calendar is like ten and a half months. So you'll have Ramadan shift all through the re- the twelve month calendar year for us. So it'll be in the summer some years. It'll be in the winter some years, and you want it to be in the winter because the sun goes down at 4.30, and you can See, for me, I always thought that was why a lot of Muslim people didn't get into athletics because that is potential. I mean, I, it's, I, it's, I couldn't listen, do it. I remember almost passing out at a basketball practice at one point because yes. I, was, I was trying. You know why? Because Hakeem did it. Hakeem Olajuwon did it during the NBA playoffs. And my dad was like, see, look at you. you <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm not that guy. I, I, I'm not seven feet, and I'm not in the NBA, nor will I probably be in the NBA. Yeah. So, uh, like, but that, like, uh, do you remember the, the Abdullah brothers? No. Uh, what sport? Uh, for the, in the NFL. They were defensive backs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Long dreads. Yeah. I no. think at one point both of them did. No, yeah. they, I remember. I remember having them uh, close, close cut. I don't I remember think having I know. them closer cut. I don't think I know. But they, they, were, they did some stories on them because both of them would fast during Ramadan, so they'd get up at like three, three in the morning, three thirty in the morning, and just crush Gatorades, uh, protein bars, protein shakes, chicken, cereal, whatever nutrients they could consume before the sun came up. They would not. This is during training camp. This is during August training yeah. camp. Yeah, Hamza. So, Hamza, yeah, Hamza, yeah. and it Hussein. starts with an R. Or oh. Hamza and Hussein. Okay, gotcha. So both of them would. Why is your name Adam? I, I'll tell. I'll tell you that story in a second. Oh. Uh, so they would. So they would just pack all these calories in. Sun goes up. Yeah. They do two a days, all that stuff, and then they consume as much as possible before they go to bed. So Got just it. eating twice a day. My name is Adam because my brothers named me Adam. You want to hear my brothers' names? Yeah. Ismail. Okay. Abdullah. Mustafa. My mom's oh. name is Zubida. My dad's name is Muhammad. So I got named Adam because my dad came over in 78 by himself. Uh, he was with his brother, but he, he left the three kids and my mom. The way he told it to me was like he couldn't afford to bring everybody. He, could only, he would have to leave somebody behind. And he can't, there was no combination that you could, of one person you can leave behind to make it okay. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to go on my own, save enough money. It took him seven years. They came over in, this, in uh, 85. So my brothers had gone to school in America for about a year by the time I was born. And they had kind of dealt with the ridicules. They're called fobs back around, and maybe they, the fresh off the boat. That's what they would call them. Wow. You're fresh off the boat. Look, look at these fucking fobs. Can you believe these fucking Yeah. Like, that's how people would talk. Heavy them. accent, probably. Heavy accent. because uh, and, and two of my brothers, the two younger ones of my three older ones, uh, both sound like American. Like I like they sound like I do, Got it. but with Chicago heavy Chicago accents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, let me <laughs> oh, yeah. make sure Zito gets in on this. Uh, Zito, Bear, Don. That's not Chicago. You <laughs> see, that's Pittsburgh. <laughs> Cheyennes, Cheyennes now. Yeah, okay, all right. So yeah, yeah, we'll go Yenzer for this guy. So <laughs> so that's how they talk to him. So the, the the accent didn't help. I'm sure the skin tone didn't help, but their names were like first day of class. It, 
not gonna work here anymore. like the office space thing that's how teachers were in the 80s like nobody gave a shit about you like if you, you were foreign like yeah. they didn't care so it made it easy to get made fun of and my brothers were like no my mom wanted to name me Muhammad after my dad and my brothers were like no we're not put we're he's gonna have every other disadvantage which ended up not being true yeah but I think they were just being older protective brothers they're like we're we're not putting him at this disadvantage. Give yeah. him an American name. It was still religious. It still has religious connotations to it. First man, all that stuff. We're, let's let us name. This. My brothers gave me my name. Well, I think Adam's a great name. Adam, it, it, I, I, I think it has a good cadence to it. When we first, when I was told I was paired with you, it was written on on a text or an email. They're like, "You'll be with Adam A M I N." Yeah, yeah. And we went around the boys. You know, I was like, "What are we doing what, here?" What do you think? And we had a very cultured conversation. And we said, "It's a mean. This is definitely a mean." Mm-hmm. We said that. Sure. Then I go on Rich Eisen's show, <laughs> and they say, "You'll be in there with Adam Amin and Matt Hasselbeck." <laughs> so the entire what did, you, did you think you had screwed it up? I, uh, yes, I thought I was wrong. I'm like, hey, "Well, they're not going to be wrong." So the entire interview, I couldn't even use your name because I didn't know how to pronounce it. So I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to meet Matt, Molly, and." Uh, Adam, can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so I want to let you know, we had a very cultured discussion, and, and we got it right immediately. And that was All I heard was nothing but great things about you, which makes That's sense nice. now that I've seen you operate. Because not only do you have – you had MLB games there for a little bit. Yep. You had college games, and you had NFL games. Yeah. So – your job, though, as a play-by-play person, is to know everything. I don't know most of these fuckers' names. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't even guess. There was one time where I didn't know the offensive coordinator's name, and he was a pretty prevalent part of the story. <laughs> so I had I went, to, like, you, you went with you. You just went with Joe at one point for the DC. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like Joe, no, defensive coordinator Joe. I didn't know his. I didn't know his pronounced. <laughs> Which sounds actually, I gotta tell you, that sounds like homier. Like yes. it sounds like <laughs> like familial. It's like yeah. oh, DC Joe. Well, DC Joe, he's great. Let me Joe tell you told me yesterday, because I didn't know how to pronounce his last name, and I probably should have asked before, but it was just, we get live air. You have to know everything. So is your life just a constant study sesh? Like, what is it? A lot of it is, in all honesty. Watching you take notes in these meetings is, it's almost, I'm going to film it at some point so people can see it. The way you utilize your keyboard in this, uh, it's like a graph that has every player's name, but you have to bounce around to enter the notes in yeah. the section underneath. I don't know if it's a spreadsheet or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, you could do it in a spreadsheet. It's a Adobe InDesign. So it's just like, it's it's a template. It's like uh, Never it's heard just of a it. chart. Yeah. Never heard of it. But watch. Which, which, by the way, m- most announcers, like analysts, and when they first get in, they're like, how do I fucking, what, how do I do this? Well, because like, the, coaches, the coaches, when we ask them a question, they might go on an answer with four different players. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, well, when we're looking for speed, we're going to this guy, we're going to this guy. Yeah. On this guy and you you are you have this ability you're like the people in like the courtroom like what's those uh photographer yeah. you are closed captioning the meeting <laughs> i watch you closed caption a meeting in your notes and it's not just straight ahead you have to bounce around the players and the coaches it's very fascinating but i think like that plus being able to study i think that's what makes you a weapon as a play player right I that's th- your I, big advantage i think because the pro i've done this for so long like at this pace i've done three or four games two two to four games a week my entire career like it's just that's just how i was taught like you do as many as you can as much of it as you can and at some point i'm gonna have to slow down like you can't i can't keep up this pace forever but i've done it long enough to where i know the process i know how to where do i start how do i start prepping for a team if you told me hey you've got 24 hours and you've got to learn you got to fill in for uh, or fowler or something i don't know and you got to learn these teams how do you how do you do it i give me 24 hours i can do it it's tough, but I can do it because I have a process. And that's the thing with like you and Matt. I love watching you guys work 
because I can see the gears. It, it's one that I'm sure your listeners already know this because you know, you've, you've been with them for a long time. But it's interesting to watch you operate because you can tell with you and Matt, you both think very similarly. You have producers. I, I tell our producer, you guys have the eyes and ears of producers like TV producers, what would make good content? What would make interesting TV? Yeah. And you guys have that type of thinking. So when you learn something new, I, I can kind of see the gears in your head grind go, like, like you kind of go, oh, okay. And you connect these dots. You know, like, that's how I'm going to do that. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that from here yeah, on out. Yeah, that's my whole life, by the way, yeah. is figuring out but how we can and connect and dots. A recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime. More than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft, and even murder. Yes, taking the life of another person is not worried about more than burglary here in America. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment. Crimes of opportunity, in other words, random. According to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is over $2,000. That can be hard to recover from. And there are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. And the crazy stat about all that is that only one in five homes have home security. And I believe, and we believe, that's because most home security systems make it way too difficult to become secure. They're invasive. Takes too long to put them in. They're intrusive. They're ugly. It's too much bullshit to deal with. It's hassle full. Well, we got an answer for that. The beautiful people at Simply Safe have completely revolutionized the home security business. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24-7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch is up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, no hidden fees, or fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home, no wires, no drilling. It's easy to order and easy to set up, usually in under an hour. They've won a ton of awards, from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around-the-clock monitoring is just $15 a month. It's very simple. You put the cameras up around the house. You have an app. You sign into the app. Bingo, bango, you see everything. You're living with comfort and security. Right now, you visit simplysafe.com slash McAfee. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee so they know that this show sent you. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. Can I, and I have to apologize to you. Why? I snapped at you once. You did. In the Stanford game. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And I was and I like, felt, I felt, I felt we want to break. I, I was like, Adam, don't fucking yell at me like and I was like, I'm, I'm like, And I was like, Pat, nobody's yelling at you. Uh, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what happened. I, I did feel bad. We both apologized to each other yeah. afterwards. We're like, friends, by the way. That's going to happen. That's, I, and, that's I was the way gonna, it happens. And, and here's the thing. Here, can I, uh, here's why I, I got upset. Here's why I got upset. Two, here's why I shouldn't have. I got upset at you because we had talked about the cough button. Yes. And... Your mic and your, your these mics we have, by the way, are overly sensitive. They're like like if you move your headset a little, it's like bah, 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 bah. you can hear it <laughs> yes. in the headset. It's annoying. So it is. so they're overly sensitive. But if you move it, like we talked about this, like try to use your cop button. 
I like you had just moved it to a to no, a perfectly it was Michael accept- Black. Yeah, my, you Michael were talking, Black no, 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 was telling ta- me. You yeah. were talking, and and yes. I and you were just whispering back and forth, but I could hear you. Yeah. So I was like, I literally, and I when I say snapped, I mean I was an asshole. I kind of like legit, like oh, you uh, actually snapped. Your snapped. Oh yeah, and now, and now pointed at me and oh, yelled. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't yeah, yell because yeah, like, we were on the air. Uh, I didn't. You gave me like a quiet yell. It was like your face, like I don't know. I didn't like say it. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I didn't say anything, but like my mouth was like. Like I was mouthing, what do you like? Yeah, what, but the intensity you in your neck—it was overly yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it so, was here's, really so here's why. I sh- uh, so I got upset at you because we had talked about it. But here's why I shouldn't have gotten upset at you. I've been doing this a thousand fucking times. Yeah, you've been—you've done this like ten times. Well, and I was on and a different you're, stage, and you and, <laughs> and my <laughs> cough button was <laughs> two feet down. <laughs> that was the other funny part about that. That's the other reason I was like, I really should not. I should have given him way more credit and yeah, uh, given you way more leeway than that. That being said, I hope you understand. Like the reason I got upset is because I I already expect so much of you. Yeah, I don't worry about because it. you and Matt. I'm and I and I I'll shift this to a compliment. Like you guys have learned so fucking fast. Like well, we've had I to. I think I, and part of it you get thrown into the fire. But I've seen a lot of analysts who get thrown in the fire, and within two weeks, they're they're they've lost. They've lost it. They've lost the battle. Yeah. You guys have won that already, and it's and you're getting better every single week, which I love. Just seeing how you guys do it, but I shouldn't have I shouldn't have snapped at you because it was like I've been doing this for ten years. You guys have been doing it for ten minutes. Well, and also, I mean, that was my first technical air of the season. I mean, I, I pride myself <laughs> yeah. on doing good things. I was on a different level. I was literally two feet below you, were, you guys. That, but my I, cough I, uh, button was up you, in front was, of it was, you. It was on the. It was on like the peak. Yeah, there was. You had to climb the mountain to get to. to I had to reach to get to my cough button. It you, was like you I'm actually, not doing you, were, that. you had to poke Hasselbeck in the ear <laughs> to get to. <laughs> to get to. So basically, you create more noise by P- going to your Potentially, I would have had to push Hasselbeck <laughs> out of the way. But the thing about Adam is, and this is what people should know when they're watching games, the play-by-play guy is the quarterback, though. Like legit, he's. I the was one- yelling at my offensive lineman. Exactly, but I was yelling at a rookie offensive lineman that. That wasn't doing anything particularly wrong. Well, but it's all right, though. You're allowed to do that. That's your job. And literally, we made up two minutes later. It's so not yeah. a big deal. It was actually kind of cute. But if, wh- if people had seen us make up, it was like, wow. That, I was like, hey, cool. man, I'm sorry for doing that. And you're like, uh, I'm sorry, too. And we hugged each other, and then we went right back to it. We went right back to it. And that game stunk. And it stunk. That game stunk. Adam, how'd you feel about the game? It stinks. Hey, there you go. <laughs> hey. It stunk. Love it. That's Love not it. bad, right there. That's good okay. delivery. Was it? I was. I was that. I the Pretty way I yelled that was how I snapped at you. The, that was the intensity level that was good. The um, watching you kind of handle it, though. You have this uh, personality, which I assume not a lot from watching. I watch other games that people do it now from a completely different light. And watching play-by-play people now, it's a whole different animal. After watching you work behind the what's, scenes, uh, what's different? Well, I think you have like a. You, I don't think a lot of play-by-play people could handle me in there. Like, I, I honestly think it's going to have to be a right fit for a play-by-play person. I don't think it's going to work because I could talk a lot. I can get a little mouthy, and you have this ability to be selfless, but also keep the train on the tracks. Which I watched some other people operate, and I think they would uh, they would <laughs> they would be hitting my cough button while I'm talking. You know what I mean? So I think you do an incredible job of that. I think more people should take notice of that. that that's kind of you to say, man. It, I I don't know what it is too, like chemistry in booths. It's uh, it's hilarious. And I've heard this a big deal, by the it's way. It's huge. It's well, you said you said it actually the other night after our game. I think maybe it was last week or the week before. You were like, man, this is like I can't imagine what it would be like if I didn't get along with you guys. Oh, because it's. It's three days a week, two days a week, whatever it is, yeah. plus phone conversations and all that, for 
like four months, four straight months. Let alone you're locked in a cage watching a like, football you're in, you're, game. You're in it. Yes. And you're trying. And the, pre- the what I think what people would find interesting, people don't realize that our preparation is so much like coaches' preparation. Yes. Maybe not as much like players' prep, but like just the process of studying to do this stuff. And like coaches, you you gear yourself up. That's why I get upset when people are like, man, you're so biased. You got too excited for that team and not our team. Dude, you don't understand the adrenaline that's pumping through all of us, and you've been on the field. Yes. So I can only imagine, like, yeah, this, but whenever, is your, this is your connection back to that field. When a coach tells us that they're going to try something. Don't you get jacked up And then up it that? works. It's like. Don't you get so excited because, to be able to say that? Yeah, and for both teams, by the way. It's every, like, to, for instance, tonight, West Virginia is literally my school, right? It's a place I want calling against Baylor, but Matt Rule and the Baylor Bears were the first team I ever got to commentate, yeah. right? So I, I have a very special relationship with them, and I love West Virginia, right? But tonight, or, yeah, from learning from both teams what they're looking for, like when something good happens for them, I'm like legitimately happy for them. I'm like, hey, yeah. hey, these motherfuckers just tried something and it worked, like good for them. Or if a player does something that they were like, yeah, we don't know if this guy will be able to do this or not, and he makes it happen, like you get ge- I get genuinely I get, excited. I get excited for when I want to see cool stuff yeah. happen. And I didn't grow up on college football. So, like, I don't know what it's like in in, in, in Pittsburgh, but, like, NFL. like it's, it's an NFL. It's yeah, Steelers City. Yeah, it's a pro town. So NHL. And, 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 and Chicago's a pro town. So Fair I was time. a pro sports guy. I didn't understand what Auburn, Alabama was. And then I called the kick six game. I didn't know what, like, I don't know what that is. That's your stand- voice on the kick six? No, 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 no. That, the one that they use is the late Rod Bramblett. Uh, rest the Auburn, in peace. The rest in peace, uh, Rod. That's the radio. Just, a radio call, announcer. Yeah. I did the national radio call. Gotcha. So it does exist. I'll, if I find it, I'll send it to you. But, like, it's. Like I didn't understand what Alab- what the Iron Bowl was. I had no clue. I didn't understand what the ro- oh cool the Rose Bowl's on. No people talk. Kirk- ask Kirk Herb Street about the Rose Bowl. He'll fawn over it well, and rightfully State, so. Right? For like he he understands like the, how special it is. Yeah. And I didn't understand that until like a decade ago. Granddaddy of them all. And I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand why Keith Jackson was important. And then I started doing this, and then I worked at ESPN, and then it's like oh I I oh uh, yeah it. I love Keith Jackson. We talk about Keith Jackson all the time every day. Keith Jackson's a very. Who's Keith Jackson? <laughs> how, how dare you? How dare you? Do you want to tell him? Go ahead. Huh? Well, no, it's it's not that. It's like he he was he's the voice on like the Vince Young touchdown against USC in oh, the oh, You've heard his voice a thousand times. He, you've heard it. The granddaddy of them all. Yeah. He coined that phrase. Oh boy. Whoa, Nelly. Is that him? Hello, Hi- oh, Hello Heisman is him. Oh, so I love this guy. You yes. love this guy. I Hello Heisman tell I is love him. him. I didn't watch college football. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Well, you, I didn't understand playing. why these yes. things were important. Yeah. <laughs> Doing things. But, but I, I'm with you. I'm, I grew up on, on pro sports, so this is still new to me. So to, I get excited when these atmospheres. And also going to these atmospheres, meeting these coaches and the fans and everything like that. I am growing a real respect for college football. Not that I, I had respect for college football. I played on one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. I absolutely Undervalued loved it. team, you think, by the way, the too, most. right? Very undervalued in the scope of the last 20 years. Yeah, and tomorrow night I'm going to put them on for sure. Yeah. I, I have to. Retire five, by the way. But the, um, the entire thing was as soon as I left West Virginia, mm-hmm. I started focusing on football, uh, pro and I grew up watching pro football. Yeah. So I just kind of. So that got, was a right. It was like reconnecting to bang, your like childhood. I'm back in this. Bit, you know? And I just kind of turned it off with college football. So my only college football references were like 10 years old whenever I was asked to come do this. Now that I'm learning about it even more, especially with the game day experience last weekend, I mean, it's just. It's a very cool. It's much different than pro football. It is. It's a different sport. 100%. It is a completely different sport. It's reliant on, on atmosphere oftentimes. It's not yeah. like that in every NFL city. Nope. Uh, it's it's there is a that that familial atmosphere to it and just the the pace 
And pace, it, how I mean, has the uh, you guys were like were you guys were a, were a fast offense? Fast. Pat, we used but to you move. guys were an anomaly. Yeah. Ten years ago, now it's like you guys would have fit in very well. Pat White's probably the first or second pick of the draft if we come out now. To, right now, yeah. Yeah. If this is the way it goes, he was he was Kyler. He was like a, a taller Kyler, right? Yeah. He's like Tua, but he was faster. Tua. Okay, that's a better comparison. He, yeah. he played a lot like Tua, but he was faster. Yeah. And I think he would have been first or second pick. I think there would have been teams tanking for yeah. Pat White now I, without I, the I, game I, is I, now. I believe that. Uh, but we did run tempo which has helped me calling games now because i literally was front row to one of the best tempo yeah. offenses in the last probably two decades so the, the thing I, I remember telling you and matt uh we had a really good game that night tulane and houston and oh, Eagles, right what a great awesome. game. amazing game and we instant got to, classic we got we got to the fourth quarter and with like 11 minutes left and i noticed like because this was only like our third game together or our second game together i think yeah. second because we skipped a week so this is our second game together and I turned both to both of you guys because both teams were just ripping tempo. And I was like, hey, you, real quick, you guys are letting the rhythm uh, – you guys are trying to dictate the rhythm of the game. Yeah. They're going to dictate how we talk. Yeah, yeah. And you guys both – like, you guys nailed it. Like, th- that's why I, I go back to what I said about watching your, the gears in your head yeah. operate, both of you guys. I, like, it clicked for both of you. I, I felt really proud. Oh, you moment. should. By the way, we're learning everything from like you and Molly, which is a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> no, but I don't think it is though, because I, I think you're you're not the same mode. Now, granted, aside from your background and your everything like that, you are a very different animal in there. So, us learning from you, I think, is good because I, I don't that think makes me happy. Well, yeah. I don't think a lot of people when I I don't think a lot of people would be able to handle me in there. I I, I don't think because the references I make. You pick up literally everything I'm laying and, down. And I'm sure it helps that me and Molly are around the same age, and Matt is a very young 53 or And if he's he not is, yeah. burying him because he's <laughs> not, it's even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's even better. But uh, I, I think it's it's been awesome to kind of learn and watch you work, and it is – I got remember I got rejected from the broadcast boot camp three times. That's, that I I I'm I think it's hilarious. Me I'll, too. It's part of the story. Because I, I just because I look at it now. Yeah. I don't mean that's hilarious like that happened to you. I'm saying it's hilarious now. It was hilarious when it happened too. It yeah. <laughs> I mean, whenever I got rejected the first time, it's was, it's hilarious to think like like th- th- what a bad bet. You know, somebody <laughs> made somebody made a bad or failed to make. That's a bad beat for them. They failed to bet on three you times. when they should have. Yeah, three times. They I failed mean, to bet on you. When my they first time, my reel that I sent in was an hour and a half stand-up comedy special. <laughs> I was like, here you go. I mean, is there not something we can do? This is just straight through. Then the second one, it was like a little bit of work with the news and a little bit of my own show and a little bit of comedy. Yeah. I had somebody actually put it together. And then I had to write out why I wanted to go, what I thought I could do. That's hilarious. And it's never got an email hey, back. And then I saw pictures from it. I was like, oh, this motherfucker made it. That's awesome. <laughs> can we have this conversation? Who are your Four favorite stand-up comics. Okay. Love Chappelle. Love Chappelle. <laughs> Love Bill Burr. Made him twice. Made him laugh twice in one night. Yep. Ron White. Big fan of Ron White. I think Tater I, salad story is still one of the greatest <laughs> yep. things I've ever heard. You caught the tater. Um, you, caught, you caught me. You caught the tater. Uh, I was drunk. My son tater tot. I was drunk in a bar. <laughs> and every and any time, because he now what he does, he plays all of his hits. Oh yeah. And as soon as he said, I was drunk in a bar. <laughs> the level of noise that erupts. I you sm- can hear a Ron White show and what he's doing that joke from at least a mile away. I smoked vitamins with Ron White at a show in no Indianapolis. Shit. Yeah, that was a big moment for me. Uh, Blue collar comedy tour, obviously, when I was on Comedy Central all the time. That's and how. I, that's how I got exposed to blue. Co- I didn't. Exactly. I was like, I'm not gonna like. These redneck guys or whatever. What, I and a bunch how of whites and up by, there. And how silly of me to make that assumption about no. those four. Uh, not a character wise, whatever. No, but there like are just, some very corny comedians. I mean, that is something that is definitely happened. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think you should feel bad. But, about but they 
like it was really smart just the way I was much smarter than I ever would have get that was that was silly of me to have that type of presumption about and I like Kevin Hart I like Kevin Hart a lot I don't know you you like and I think you like him because he's your grinders he's a grinder grinder. he's a storyteller I think he can make anything funny and he knows exactly who he is and I think his trip around all the comedy clubs with the email list and stuff how he literally he was an overnight celebrity in like 15 years yeah it took him a long time so he is a grinder i respect that i can i can imagine all you guys like in a circle before you guys do a show or something the way that he does like everybody <laughs> want to be famous but nobody want to put the work in and, like, he, and i could hear you saying that and then them i think just, he's become a bit of a cliche machine here a little bit towards the end here because he's turned into a full business which yeah, he is yeah. he's a brand but yeah, when he a tells brand. a story there's not a lot of people that can keep it's up great. with them. Yeah, it's and that's good. I enjoy storytellers a lot. I, and I like Chappelle just because I mean Chappelle is one of the most one brilliant of the smartest one of the smartest next level of all yeah. time. Buckshot! <laughs> um, after that it's, it's Buckshot. Buck buck <laughs> <laughs> uh, you like comedy? I, I grew this is it's my Why like, don't you the, do stand up comedy? I don't think I could do it. Why? I really I can't write What like a that. pussy this guy. I don't think I can I don't think I can write like I What's the best game you ever called? Best game I ever called? Biggest game. Biggest game? Probably. Like that Tulane-Houston game was massive. Instant classic. They'll show that again at some point down the road. What's uh, another game you've called that's like potential to be an instant classic? Uh, again? Any sport? or Yeah, any sport. Uh, I called the women's Final Four a couple of years ago. That's, my, that's one of my things. Girl, uh, Rikio Gumbawale shot at the buzzer to win the title. Was that when UConn got beat? You, well, that was the semis. She hit a jumper two nights prior to, to beat him that's in overtime. Right. And then two nights after, she hit another buzzer beater for Whoa. the national title. Okay, there's a story in that that people would love to hear. Like them all towering over you. Maybe you interview them. Go to, and then the, the lady, whatever she told you in the meeting, and then she hits the game winner again. Like there's an easy stand-up story in there that's relatable to everybody immediately. I, I, if, maybe if I put some effort into it. I, really, I think half the battle for a lot of people is they just they, they probably think they can't do it. This is, this is my defeatist attitude coming back. To yeah, this is you when you were 12 saying so you're is, not going to make the baseball. This, see, I told you we are going to get the this, 12, this 12-year-old Adam right now. Yeah, you need to beat 12-year-old <laughs> Adam. You need to be 32-year-old Adam here oh, like and know that. that it's a lot easier to get up there than people say it is. Everybody says it's tough because they might stink. That's not your fault. That's like everybody's like, oh, business is hard. Doing this is hard. Everything's hard, man. Yeah, Everything this is was hard. hard. This was hard, like doing, getting this job and like. Everything's hard. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, all, it's all difficult. What Chuck was going to say, life is hard. And once you figure that out, it becomes a lot easier. <laughs> the hardest thing about stand up is being able to get on the stage. Yeah. And then once you get up there, usually people feel bad enough to laugh at the couple, <laughs> and you'll be able to have a little self-awareness, be like, oh, this isn't going well. I'm going to cut this early before they even light me. I'm going to get out of here. I wish yeah. more people would do that. Sure. But I think you would do very well. I, I was Because I the first stand-up special I ever saw was uh, Bring the Pain. No. Uh, Chris Rock. Yes. So the, when, you, when you see that, you're like, wow, this is really funny. Well, now, I will say that I am currently on a hiatus from stand-up due to Chappelle and Bill Burr. Okay. Because I watched it and I said, well, I probably shouldn't get back on a stage <laughs> for a little while if this is what the expectation is from people. So I am on a little bit of a hiatus, so I probably shouldn't be the one talking to you about this, but I think you should get up there and do it. I think you'd be good. Man. I'll, I'll put Chappelle up there, too. What's, so what's Chris your Rodgers future? Probably too. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. That's interesting. You call basketball. You call baseball. You call the footballs. You call women Final Four? Yeah. Is there going to come a t- I don't know this business well enough. Will ESPN come to you and they'll be like, all right, uh, for your next contract, we want you to only do this? Or will they be like, we... I think I'm going to say that at some point. I think maybe I'll, I'll probably be the one to be like, hey, you know what would be good? Like, can we just narrow it down a little bit just to... 
Maybe instead of doing six, is uh, that the evolution I, of the business? Though? Maybe I, it's. I don't know. It's. I imagine it's hard to keep up six sports or seven sports for however many years you do it. And I and I like certain sports, and I want to kind of focus on those. Yeah, like, which one do you enjoy the most? Colin? I mean, it's it's hard. Like the fo- football, basketball, baseball combo, which is the three I grew up on the most. I I like all three of them. So for me, it's whatever season you're in, whatever the next one is in those three, you get all. Who do you up. look up to? Like Joe Buck does everything. Uh, I grew up. I grew up on like probably Mike Tirico. Like He's when I so first, smooth, it feels like. Like Tariko, because he does everything, and he does everything well. Uh, Dan Schulman, who works at ESPN. I don't know who that is. Uh, he, does the, he does the World Series on radio. He's our main college basketball yeah, guy. Yeah, he'll always be with Vital. You'll see, you'll see him with Billis on every big college basketball game that we awesome. have. Awesome. Uh, those two guys, and then Ian Eagle at CBS. He was, he was the guy who kind of got me, broke me into the business. Uh, he got me like an agent, basically inadvertently without him knowing it. So ah, thank him for that. Yeah, well, hey, thanks, I mean, he's, I, it's it's great. Like his kid is now the voice of the Clippers on radio, so it's so I get to see both of them like during the NBA season. What a job that is to get right now. Yeah, right out of the gate. Man. Yeah, just beating the hell out of LeBron. <laughs> man, I'm excited for that. What's going on with LeBron? Well, the Lakers are back. They're hot. That's the only game they've lost. So okay, good. I'm all yeah. the way back on LeBron. <laughs> I'm all the way back on LeBron. No hockey was, games, hey, huh, Adam? What's that? No hockey games, huh? I've never called a hockey game. Is that because it's a lot of white people? Or yeah. What? Interesting. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. Is that well, why? If that deterred me from calling a sport, <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd, have, we'd have limited our, our scope a long time ago. Now, what is the thought, though? Like, um, your future, what's the dream job? I guess, obviously, one of them showcase primetime. Probably, you know, prime, a primetime game somewhere is down that, the line. Because that's how it works, right? Here's a, you here's get a, that gig. That's the... That's the the pinnacle That's, of your profession. You would love to have the chance to call a World Series, an NBA Finals, and a Super Bowl, a college football title, a Wimbledon, or something like that. You'd love to have some crap. And I've listen, I'm not, I don't want to be greedy. Like, I've gotten some big opportunities. I wouldn't be where I am, like, if they didn't take a chance on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but like, you're very grateful, but we're talking about, like, but like you, you want to do, like, the biggest possible show. Like, this, if you get a chance to do the Super Bowl in this era, where it's the most popular sport in America, it's got, it gets the biggest audience consistently every week and for its biggest event you know 100 million people whatever 100 I mean, it used to be more than that uh before you know probably like 1990 it was huge numbers so you'd love to do that and and i don't like to compare ratings i don't really care about that it's just if that many people care that's cool yeah you, get, you have a lot of people and you're guiding are, the game you're guy you're guiding people through one day like that's a national holiday in america yeah and you're the subject of that. Not not you personally. You're adjacent to the subject of that, yeah. but you're a part of that in a big way. Do you think way. you could handle the Super Bowl right now? I think you could. Yes. I think you could, too. I, You'll never you get it within the next like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those, there's a reason those jobs don't get given away. Yes. You, know, you have to be one of the best to do this, and I don't think I'm that necessarily, but I think I could handle the Super I think there's a lot of us that could. I think, like, is I think, there an I, alternative broadcast we could find somewhere? Don't we well, know well, enough listen, people listen, that have rights? Well, I don't. I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but you're you're probably going to be at the national championship game uh, for college football this year. I've done the sideline broadcast on ESPN too. You know you're going to end up on it somehow. They're going to rope I? you in. They're going hey! to rope you into it if you didn't know that already. And frankly, I would love to have if because I've done that field pass the last like three years. Yeah, and. We rotated a bunch of analysts. It's a blast. And you only have to do like a half a quarter if you want to. What am I doing? You're an analyst from the sideline. But you but it, we're looser. It's basically like the show we do like on Thursdays except with very little structure. Huh. And we're, we're on the sideline the whole time. We're kind of like running up and down following the play. It's great. 
It's a blast. That does sound like it is, a great It time. is a blast. It is so much fun. Pat is on the field right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys should do like like a an alternative alternative of what just just commenting on him. You know how like Cartman comments on people Dude. commenting on I was somebody else. Seat Geek tickets just for you guys, so you could watch the thing in your streaming live as well. Yep. They just hopped over an athletic trainer on the <laughs> Alabama sideline. He Pat may have kicked the mascot. <laughs> he kicked the mascot. Uh, that's amazing. Well, Adam, I, I was I was so petrified much. to do this because I I was like I just I'm like. I'm. I can't hang with you guys. You guys are hilarious. No, amazingly entertaining. Oh, oh my god, we're done Seriously. with it. Show's over. We're, no, we're sick of it. We don't need any of the more. All that. right, fuck you guys. You guys suck. These guys stick. Yeah, they stick. There you go. We're a bunch of stooges and sellouts. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Seriously. Adam, this is mean, a blast. you're an incredible story, man. You really are. You get. Hey, I, and you're really I, good I, at what like, you do. I like working with you guys, man. It's been a blast. And I've never met a human like you. That's not, a, wow! That's a, what a what a nice thing to say to another person. Well, I don't. I just I, that I'm is a s- tremendously like cool thing. To I'm say assuming to I've met somebody like you before, but I've never hung around. It's like, different, right? The nerdiness, <laughs> the ability to take those notes and study them <laughs> and know everything. I have never once had a friend like that ever. And we're talking about from kindergarten all the way through. Just the in-depth detail of studying and the work when it comes to, like a school type thing. Never in my life have I ever met anybody. So watching you do it, it's like it's literally just like watching a complete different world happen, and it's very impressive. That's very nice of you to say, buddy. Yeah. Now, granted, <laughs> saying that, I don't know how many of yous are out there. Like, I don't know if what you do is we, really that crazy. <laughs> pretty, most people think I'm Adnan Burke. So no, I'm not probably. talking about that. Jeez, why are you gonna take it to that? That is terrible. I will say, uh, shout out Chicago Public Schools. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You became you're an incredibly you're a wizard to watch work and the amount of knowledge that you're able to jam into your brain and then do a game and then do another one is just next level. No, I appreciate it. And that. Adam Van Kirk, I assume he's the same way. He's a delight. <laughs> I, I that that's still one of my favorites. He he texted me and he's like this guy's awesome. Well, dude. I did five minutes with him. He's like, this guy's awesome. I, I did that boxing thing, and they were like, well, you go talk to Adnan, and, you and thought, it was what, loud. You thought, you thought the name was Adam Van Kirk. Well, the lady said, would you mind doing an interview with Adnan Verk? Yeah, Verk. Yeah, yeah. Adnan Verk, but we were at a fight. No, and there was so a no, bunch that's of, how you heard That's how you heard I heard, heard Adam Van yeah, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. And then as I walked up and I saw him, I'm like, no. That's not Adam Van. <laughs> I, I think I know that guy. I, I know there him. There's no not way. A white Dutch guy. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that either. Right. I'm right. talking about I knew Wait, him. I'll, I'll, can, I, can I tell you one story before we? We're yeah, why is everybody bringing in the race I'll tell you, here? I'll tell you, no, no. This, I think you'll like this one. My first job out of college was in a small town in Northwest Iowa, Spirit Lake, Iowa. It's a town of three thousand. Oh, Spirit Lake. Summertime, it's the dirtiest, <laughs> like partiest place, and it's restaurants and bars and all this. And then in the wintertime, it is nobody will go there if they Correct. got paid to do it awful awful weather so my first job i get hired there they they call me to tell me i get the job i tell my dad i was like hey dad i got i got the job he's like hey congratulations that's awesome 10 minutes later they call me back and i was like oh no they tell me to go hey. i was like did, did i get fired <laughs> like no no, no 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 nothing like that so would you be willing to use an on-air name would you be willing to change your name for for on the air? Oh, a stage name. A stage name. And I was and listen, like Dan Patrick, that's his middle name. Oh yeah. His name's Daniel Pugh. Daniel Patrick Pugh. He goes by Dan Patrick. Huh. It just sounds great. What? A oh, lot yeah. of guys have done that. So it's not. So I w- and I was Stephen Fabian, <laughs> Plum High School. I go by Zito. Jose Perez changed it. That's solid. Go live live and die by it. I like it. I respect it. What were you thinking about changing? So they no. They asked me like, what would you think of Adam Kelly? 
<laughs> AK in the house, y'all. AK, 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 <laughs> top, top of the morning, AK is here. That's what we would have called the morning show. So I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Let me let me call you back. So, and my dad is still sitting there. He goes, What what did they ask you? And I was like, They they what what do you what would you think? What would you think if they, they asked like you to change your name? And he'd go, Son, I gotta tell you. I, 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 I'm happy that you got this job, but if you if you change your name, I'm gonna be pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Kelly, a nice Irish kid. Nice, the, the nice Irish kid whose parents are from Pakistan. They're if you had really to pick well. a stage name, would you? No. The Adam Kelly wasn't bad by any means. I just can't think ah, of another one. I think if you listen to the room here, just quick yeah, little sample yeah, the, size. <laughs> everybody, great. I think everybody, Adam everybody, Amin is better than everybody Adam puckered Kelly. up real hard when, when I said Adam. <laughs> Kelly. No, I think I go with Adam Kelly. Adam I like Cage. I, ooh. ooh. Strong. On the glove of Mortal Kombat style. I like uh, that. Finish him. <laughs> Got my AC, too. I mean, that's nah, so cool. That'd be all right. I, no, I, li- I like my name a lot. I like yeah, my you name should. a lot. It, sound, it sounds like quick. Like and nice. shout out to Rich Eisen for not getting it right. <laughs> <laughs> Put my mind in a blender. Oh, by the way, clearly my career, crushing it. Oh, <laughs> oh, people don't know how to pronounce my name either. <laughs> well, we spelled, I work we with. spelled your name wrong the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee, thanks, yeah. bro. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming, Adam. You're the best. You guys are awesome. Adam and me, ladies and gentlemen. Huge thanks to Adam Amin for joining us. The Washington Nationals just hit a dong shot that take. Now they're doing the car shift thing. 3-2 World Series, top of the seventh Washington Nationals in H-Town, the Houston Astros Stadium. We've been there, had to sit outside for two hours. Electric environment could be a rough night. Maybe my lock of the Astros winning while they're up 2 nothing was a bit wrong. Quite a bunch of stale faces in the background right now. Nobody knows what hit them in Paul Wall's hometown right now. Adam Mean was awesome. You know what else is awesome? Nutrition. <laughs> Nutrition is on everyone's mind. What, when, and how much to eat. It's a mess of conflicting information that can confuse anyone and derail your fitness journey. There are so many diets and meal plans out there, but chances are they don't make or take your specific needs into account. Kettlebell Kitchen knows that meal planning isn't a one-size-fits-all operation, which is why they offer personalized solutions. Kettlebell Kitchen was founded by two Army vets, Hua, who are also brothers, and a chef with a mission to help people change their lives through food. Their goal is to help you achieve yours with meal plans that are tailored to your needs. Their team of nutritionists will help you create a sustainable health plan and honor your body's unique needs. Sign up for a plan and order a la carte. No long-term contracts are required. Deliver to your door twice a week for optimal freshness. You don't need to worry about sourcing ingredients or fretting over macros. Just heat, serve, and get the food you need for real sustainable change. They sent a bunch of meals to the office after I filled out some stuff. I think I'm starting to see real change. Eating is impossible whenever you travel or whenever you're a busy person. Kettlebell Kitchen is here to take care of you. Whether you're trying to slim down, bulk up, or just look good, or trying to fuel your day, there's a plan for you. All of their meals are free of dairy, soy, and artificial sweeteners and made from ingredients naturally free of gluten. Vegetarian, keto, Whole30, and paleo options are available. You can even filter by your calorie, protein, fat, and carb limits so you can get exactly the right food for your unique needs. Literally a one-stop shop here at Kettlebell Kitchen for all you could possibly need to not only eat, but fuel your body. Feed the champion in you with Kettlebell Kitchen. Go to kettlebellkitchen.com and enter code AMERICA for $25 off each of your first two orders for new customers. That's $25 off each of your first two orders at kettlebellkitchen.com, code AMERICA. It's funny that this food 
uh, meal prepping thing is happening in my life now with Kettlebell Kitchen because we actually talked to a guy that I watched meal prep years ago. A living legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer, joined us for a great conversation. We have a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer in the room, a guy who was a teammate of mine, incredible locker room guy, not only a four-time All-Pro and a Super Bowl champ, not only a guy that was on Team Jordan, which is incredible, by the way, a guy that was a good locker room guy, a guy that actually got me home one night when I was too drunk to get home myself, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, superstar Dwight Freeney. Thank you, Thank you. Dwight, how's it going, man? You're here for FanDuel. Absolutely. Which is a partner of mine as well. The best place to gamble online and at Sportsbook. If it's in your state, you should do FanDuel. Uh, you've always been an incredible gambler, though. You know what? I find my moments. I find my little pockets to go ahead and throw a little wager on stuff. I think we my definitely have stories. Yes. <laughs> I think my favorite time ever is a, a Gatorade bottle shot into a trash can yes. with Austin Colley. It was a double or nothing uh, situation. You were ice cold. And at one moment, Austin Colley knew that the number was too big and he was scared to say no more double down. And you hit like a you hit like a twenty thousand dollar Gatorade bottle shot. I don't know the number. But <laughs> but you make you make bets until they're uncomfortable, <laughs> and when they're uncomfortable, all of a sudden the form just goes away. Okay, just, yeah. so, so you're everybody knows Dwight Freeney, right? Yes, sir. You're a man who completely revolutionized the game out of Syracuse. Whenever you were on a field, the other quarterback had nightmares. We were told that by numerous coaches that came into our facility. Chuck Pagano, whenever he got to the Colts, literally told a story about how other teams' quarterbacks, whenever they were playing against Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney, they would have nightmares all week. What was it about your game that you think made you so different in a, a trailblazer at defensive end? Well, the thing is, Pat, it's you know, before me, Okay, there weren't a lot of guys drafted at my size, okay. undersize, I guess, you know, for me. You know, now they'll be drafted, but it'll be more situational. Okay, there'll be third down, Thoman and third down, maybe take a linebacker who's an outside linebacker in a 4 3 scheme who doesn't really rush. All right, let's put him at defense, Ben. He seems like he's a quick, fast guy. So when I was drafted, you know, high at the undersized 6-1, what have you, and made it to be an every-down guy. You know, that's what kind of set the, you know, the standard of, look, it's not about how tall you are. This is not basketball. I'm not trying to block shots and grab rebounds here. I have natural low leverage. I'm underneath guys. This is something that someone hadn't seen before, and now I can take advantage of that. Yeah, Zito looked up a stat because uh, that's what Zito is, our stats guy. Oh, yeah. He can barely read, but he's a good stat guy. <laughs> College good with numbers. Good with numbers. Oh, yeah. oh actually, no, but yeah. <laughs> he said you squatted like 700 and some pounds in college. Is that accurate? Yes. So to say somebody's undersized when they have a 700-pound squat <laughs> is a very interesting situation. But I guess that's now after getting to watch you. I don't think I was young enough to see the guys beforehand that had to be big because they assumed you couldn't stop the run. I assume Yeah, that's so, so what it was is they had this prototype of 6'5", 280 pounds. Okay, that's basically as a defensive end, that's what you had had to be to be dressed. So basically you had to be Michael Strahan. Okay. okay? And once you have success at that height or that size, then that just became what the standard is for years and years and years to come. So there was no guy who was 6'1", playing, you know, they ah, he's not tall enough, he can't see the quarterback, he's not going to be able to see the running back when he gets engaged with the offensive line. So when I got there and it was successful at it, yeah. Then all of a sudden, Robert it's, Mathis comes. You see all these other guys who are getting drafted high or what have you, and they're 
quote unquote undersized and making plays. Any guys you enjoy watching right now that are in the league? You know what? I like I like how Mac plays. Mac from Chicago. He's a great. He he has a done. tremendous amount of you know intensity. I think Aaron Donald is also a guy that. You know, he's a game racker, I mean, dude. Let me tell you something. I mean, he if I already had Aaron Donald at D tackle, <laughs> they they couldn't even line up and play football. I mean, the, the guy the guy is a complete beast. What he does is, is how they slide the protection to him. He can't stop him on run plays. You can't stop him on pass plays. People don't realize how that shrinks the playbook. Okay. When you go into a game and you watch film, watching a team, they'll have every single play, this play action pass, this pass, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, when they play guys like me, Robert, probably like Aaron, all of a sudden that playbook goes from 40 plays now down to 20 plays because 20 of those plays they can't run because they don't have the time to do it. Oh, it's a game changer. And you mentioned that if you had him at D-tackle, that would help because there was times in your last couple years with us where they would run uh, tight end would chip you, tackle oh would goodness. have you, and then a running back would oh, chip it, you as well. It was well. crazy. And it's funny, you know, John Turlink, you know, our, our legendary D-line coach who coached me for years, we were talking about it. And he said, you know, there was a question that I had to him. I said, hey, JT, I'm seeing – all type. Can we go back in the film and look and see how guys before me dealt with that type of protection, whether it be a receiver, tight end coming? And he said, Dwight, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> he said that was actually created just for you. That has to feel pretty. And good. I said, Wait a minute, just for me? So there's nothing I can watch. That? And he said, No. He said, You're, We're just going to have to deal with this on the fly. So now. When I see protections like that and they're still doing it, I know from that perspective, between me and Robert, we pretty much screwed all the other defensive ends <laughs> and fast guys because now I laugh and see how what they have to deal with knowing that, you know, that kind of started with me when they motion a guy from nowhere and all of a sudden it's like I, now I have to look outside and the quarterback's here and I have to worry about somebody chipping me on the outside. So when you have an interior guy like Aaron Donald who doesn't have to deal with that, is that's why he can wreck everything because you can't do you can't do anything with that. So you're a game changer coming in for being the undersized, and then going out you screwed them all over. Yes. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, you, hey guys, <laughs> good luck. Now you got to deal with that. We had Kyle Van Noy on, and that Patriots defense is dominant. I mean, they're leading that team up there, and he talked about how before the game Belichick would call like five players in, and he would show up on the the on like a telestrator or a teleprompter, whatever it is, television. You get it, and he'd be like, hey, whenever this guy moves his right foot back. It's a run. Whenever this guy's left foot is forward, it's a pass. And it's something small as that was a tell that they were able to use for an entire game and be dominant. Was there anything that you looked for in games that you were like, you know what, this is going to help me out going forward? Well, I mean, that's kind of what you do is you study film going into the week. And, you know, I was blessed to have guys like Tony Dungy and John Turlink, yeah. you know, a legend at what he did, is we'll find the littlest, smallest little thing, a key, you know, and we'll say, okay, let's see if this holds up. First quarter, okay, it's holding up. You know, <laughs> for us, it's kind of like it could be something small, just like how you said. You know, whenever the quarterback has his hands up here in the shotgun, you know, it's going to be a pass. But if he has it down here and then put it up, then it's going to be a run. And we'll just key up, key on that. And if it holds up, Good night. That is you know, cold. That's good night. And, we get, and when I say hold up, I mean, it has to be like 
80% is around that thing. It doesn't matter that 20%, who cares? 80%, it means I'll do anything 80%. 80%, if they're doing something 80%, I'm all in. Well, that's good odds, by the way. You're here for FanDuel. 80% is good odds. Absolutely. Yeah, great. I would take that all any day. day of the week. All day. Uh, I had 100% against Troy Polamalu. He ruined my life. So he can go to hell. Uh, still to this day. Great player. Terrible human. Squash the dream. Uh, speaking of squashing dreams, the Colts are back. Yes, sir. As a Mount Rushmore of Indianapolis Colts, which you are. You're in there. You're uh, one of the staples of the Indianapolis Colts when people think of that. has to be good to have the team back in relevance a little bit. No, absolutely. I mean, when you're part of something for so many years, you know, it, it, you feel like you're still part of it. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you're pu- still part of that DNA, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just, you know, those, that emotion – doesn't go it stays with you you know and when you see them succeed you feel part of you that you've succeeded when they succeed you feel great when they win you know a lot of those guys that are there now were there when I was playing so when I see a guy like Frank Wright or I see a guy like Howard Mudman or you know a guy I played with is Robert Mathis still there it makes me feel good because I want to see those guys succeed in the way that we did things back in the day. And Frank is pretty much, you know, a state, the way he goes about coaching guys is very similar to how Tony used to kind of talk to guys, you know, not yelling and screaming, no need for all of that, treating everybody like men. So when I went there this offseason in, in training camp, I saw that. And I saw that he had those guys, you know, believing in what they, they were doing. Yeah, it's not just the players and coaches. It's the equipment managers, the athletic trainers. Absolutely. It's good to see everybody succeed over there. That's anytime people are like, are you still a fan of the Colts? I'm like, yeah. I got a lot of friends in that building whose happiness depends on whether or not they're good at football. 100%. And the game of football, is, as you know, is already stressful as it is. Yes. You know, so whenever you can have a family type of atmosphere, somewhere where you can go to work and be actually somewhat happy about doing that. Now, obviously, Sunday's different. You go to sun, Sunday, you can play for free. You can. I've yes. always said that it doesn't matter. You, you're. That's why you love the game. But Monday through Saturday can be tough when you're walking into a building where you just don't want to be in, based on the mentality of certain coaches mm-hmm. or what have you. So you have a place where you actually love the folks that you're around, and it's a family atmosphere. It feels so much better. About what it. do you feel about Nick Bosa right now? I think he's balling. And, and it's crazy because, you know, at the defensive end position or outside linebacker, what he does, it's tough to transition from college to the pros. Because it's so boys quickly. to men? Is that what? Well, well it's, it's that, but it's also a lot of times in college that your skills are not that you know, you're just, you know, running over, you know, high, you know, high school greats or what have you in college or whatever. But it's just more athleticism, you know? Yeah. So, you know, when you, saw, when you see him, he's actually using some good techniques and fundamentals as he's going through, which he, obviously he's been taught and it makes sense. His father was a coach, mm-hmm. played in the NFL. Yeah. His, his brother played in the NFL. So his skill set is a lot higher than what a rookie would have coming in. Because there's players who have been in the league two, three, four, five years 
that just run, just run around and, and, and try to make plays. He's actually using his hands, his hips, and all those things. Joe Testator said last night about T.J. Watt that he got a chance to see behind the scenes on what made a great player great with his brother J.J. Absolutely. And I think that's a big mm-hmm. deal, knowing what happens behind the scenes. Because everybody can see what happens on Sunday and on TV. And I think in any business, by the way, people yes. can see like what happens whenever it's in spotlight. But those hours of work and the way you have to take care of your body and the way you have to treat everything is what makes the greats greats. You were impeccable at this, the way you took care of your body. Did you kind of know early, like, hey, I'm going to use science to help me as well? Well, you know what? I was blessed to having a lot of people around me that kind of knew what the deal was, you know, and, and I was always, you know, I'm a guy that always wanted to find a way to get better, you know, and I didn't want to give it any excuse to why on Sunday when I line up and play the game, I didn't want anything else to be left to chance. Yep. You know, whatever happens in the game happens in the game. But I have complete and total control over everything that happened up until the game. So that means how I prepared, what I ate, how I lifted, how much sleep I got, those things I can control. So therefore, I'm going to put myself in the best situation to succeed on Sunday so that I said, okay, I did my job Monday through Saturday. Now it's fine for me just to finish off the job on Sunday. You were ahead of the game because we got these nutritionists now that set up everything. Here you're doing this shake, you're eating this food, you're yeah. doing this. Back in the day, there was pizza and wings the night before games. People were drinking beer the night before games. I was in the league when that was happening. Yeah. And then by the end of my career, it was a completely different ball game. You had a lot of scientists in there doing a lot of things. You had before way ahead of your time you had a special diet you had that people made for you you had a water that i assume had high ph levels in it i mean it was awesome to watch (laughs) i used to look at freeney go in his back room and then come out with his bag and his bottle and i'm like yeah man what is that special sauce (laughs) exactly but the thing is is that i was like i said i've been blessed to have some real intelligent people around me that taught me the right things and understood is that look the food that you eat that's the fuel that is going to that you're going to need to perform at your best on Sunday. So that's all I had to hear because I'm saying, okay, pizza and wings, really good by the way, which are great, <laughs> which, which are absolutely great. But do you want to play your best on Sunday or do you want to play your best on Friday at the at the dinner table? At the you know, say you're eating your wings and say, okay, this is my 15th wing, you know, or 20th wing. I'm breaking the record, but I'm not forgetting about Sunday. I can do that after the game. No, after the game, yes. I had a great time. Yes, all of that good stuff, but not leading up to the game. No way. You know, that's just my mentality. Mm-hmm. I talk so about much. those plane rides home from away games. How awesome they used to oh, be. Oh my goodness, so much fun, man. That was an absolute blast. Yeah. One of my favorite memories is you playing cards with Raheem Brock. <laughs> I, it, it, these, two, these two OGs, right, are sitting in their own section playing cards. And everybody that I was sitting around was asleep or whatever, and I was wide awake. And I wouldn't have a good time, so I'd go to the back wherever they were. And I literally just start watching. I felt like a weirdo, you know? And Freddie was like, hey, what's going on, man? You want to play? I'm like, no, no. I started looking at the numbers Smart that move. you guys are playing for. I'm, like, I'm a pretty good card player, but I am yeah, not. That's- that's how, we get, that's how we get you in. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, all the vets will be sitting in the back, we're playing, and then we'll get a young guy just walking by, kind of like, oh, what are you guys doing? 
Oh, you want to learn? It'll be easy. Come in. Let me let me show you. And all of a sudden, we suck them in. <laughs> you know, so that's that, that's what it is. Blu-ray. What a game. Yes, sir. What an incredible game. Those times in the locker room are things that people you can't duplicate, right? Like I have yeah. my boys here. It's incredible, but we don't play a game. Yeah. We don't have like that big celebration. Is there any part of you that misses that? And how have you adapted? In well, the that, that's the thing, and and that's what people. And you hit it right on the head, Pat. It's it's those types of things where you're experiencing things with your teammates who are going through the same exact struggle that you're going through, the same emotions that you're going through, and, and doing these things, these, these things that seem like, oh, you're playing cards, but you're also bonding, you know, yeah. and you're also knowing you're in the same mental space. These are things that you do together and that you will remember forever because it's like those plane rides, you know, and I, you know, it was just something that was epic, epic, epic it's, plane rides that where, you know, you're in your feelings because you lost or you're in your feelings because you won, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just like you're sharing that with those who went through the same struggle or success that you went through. And it's something that you'll never forget. And there's no replacing that because that's just how it is. By the way, on those plane rides, you got people who are making, you know, 50 million in their career. You got people making uh, $150,000, $300,000, all breathing the same air, all in the same space, feeling the same exact way. It's a beautiful piece of time. People from Compton, people yep. from Louisiana, people who are uh, very wealthy growing up, people for, and that little plane is just like this epitome yep. of like perfect harmony. And that's what I'm saying. And, and it's different because what happens is it's different than other because you know after practice you go home you go do what you got to do whatever that is but in this plane ride there's no going anywhere we're all together for these stuck in one (laughs) plane and it's kind of like you know what let's have fun and enjoy this moment and you don't realize how much you enjoyed it until it's gone and it's done you know so those are one of the things and i also say the other thing i miss is is just Sunday, and I, I told people this all the time. It's like a drug. It's like you know, think about Gladiator for those who don't play. Think of Gladiator. Think of Braveheart. That feeling of eighty thousand Romans or whatever have you screaming your name, screaming that adrenaline rush that you get in those moments can never be duplicated ever, ever again. So it's it's that's what you miss. That type of feeling. Uh, you told me one time, and it's a quote that has literally stuck with me to today, and I think you, you said it in a throwaway comment, but it was during card game, yeah. and we were, it was before a primetime game. And you said, when the lights come on, the stars come out. That's literally what you said. Yes, sir. And I have literally learned since then, like, if we're in a primetime game, there was zero chance that Dwight Freeney wasn't going to have an incredible sack. There, uh, there, was, there was a zero chance, because in this primetime, <laughs> what, what's going on over here? We have breaking news. What is uh, it? The Jets are looking to... Get rid of Le'Veon Bell before the trade deadline. Whoa! Wow, that's very interesting. Hey, he's quick. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, he just got there. Hmm. Bring him back. James Hmm. Conner just got hurt last night. Who knows how healthy he is? Is Lev going to go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, or is he going to go to a contender? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Die hard Steelers fans. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, that's inc- Boy, was there ever talk of you being traded at any point? Because today is trade deadline. Not that. Back when we played, we were down. So we didn't. There wasn't trades like that, especially in our organization. Bill Polling wasn't trading anybody. How do you think that would feel, by the way, just to be told your family has to move to another city because we decided to get rid of you? 
Well, depends on how good the team was. <laughs> either, I'm, <laughs> either I'm celebrating, <laughs> you know, or I'm not. You know, in, in the end, you know, it's we understand the business, but it's not like basketball, or baseball, where you know it's actually real, real part of it. It's a surprise when it happens in football. Le'Veon Bell was paid a lot of money, and then that GM was promptly fired. So the people that are in charge of the Jets right now aren't the people that gave him uh, the money, which is a situation you ended up in mm-hmm. with the Indianapolis Colts yes, your last season. You talked about it a little bit during a commercial break. I don't expect you dive into it as much but your last couple years in the nfl you were transferred from a dn to an outside linebacker yeah and and it was a huge deal i mean for me it's you know my last year in indianapolis when we hired chuck pagano who's just a great guy great guy a great great guy um I got put in a situation where he wanted to use his system. His system was what was successful at the Ravens, okay, which was a 3-4 type of defense where, you know, you had to do different things. So for me, being a defensive end for all those years, now asked to stand up and be an outside linebacker was a big deal. Yeah. Okay, so now all of a sudden you're trying to teach an old guy, old dog, which I was already (laughs) old, okay, at that point, you know, 11 years in or whatever it was, new tricks, and now all of a sudden I got branded (laughs) somehow as an outside linebacker. (laughs) So for the next three years, you know, it was San Diego. All right, we need an outside linebacker. Let's look at the names of the outside linebacker. Oh, Dwight Freeney, outside linebacker. I'm like, okay, you guys want me to be an outside? Next thing you know, fast forward, I'm running down the field covering Gronkowski on 40-yard, you know, <laughs> post routes, chasing him down. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, it's hilarious, but it's, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately, you know, for me, but, you know, fortunately, I got to meet new people, new, new experiences, new things. So, you know, I don't think anything happens for no reason and you know what it is what it is but would I love to stay a defensive end? Absolutely. You're one of those humans that breathe that elite air that not a lot of humans do. Tom Brady, there's a lot of chatter about him leaving the Patriots after this year. Still playing incredibly well, by the way, yeah. although that defense is dominant. What do you think about the thought of a, a premier? We got like a minute and a half left so I, I left you a lot of time to answer this. Good talk show host. Um, what do you think about the thought of Tom Brady potentially leaving the Patriots and what he's been able to do for this long with the TB12 and everything like that? Well, I I don't see it happening. Leaving? I, I don't see it happening, I, I to be honest with you. Why is that? Well, you know what? He's been there for a long time, okay? And... You know, you hear chatter all the time from the Patriots year in and year out about this guy, that guy, this person's unhappy, will Belichick return? And every year they return, he can't come, they keep continue doing their thing. You know, it'll be hard for me to see Tom pick up and move to a different organization. Like I said, old dog, new tricks. You don't know what he's going into. You know, that could potentially tarnish, if you can, tarnish that type of career. You know, all of a sudden he goes into a different system and he has issues with the offense coordinator throwing all types of interceptions and picks and he questions different things. I don't see it happening. I think he's at a good place in a good space at the Patriots. People are saying he could potentially end up with the Cowboys. That's obligatory Cowboy (laughs) talk for the last hour here. We just snuck that in. Didn't didn't get Dak's deal done Hmm. during the bye week. Nope. Is that a distraction? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it can be. I mean, anything, it's a lot of money. Any, any, yeah. I think anything that's not related to the actual game in the moment can be a distraction. Um, but the Cowboys are used to that. They're they do. To, they they're, live. they're used to distractions. I was born into distractions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna wrap this up. Prini, you were great, dude. I mean, I appreciate you having me. If you're going to gamble, gamble with FanDuel because they're regulated. they got the best odds. Absolutely. And Freeney's about to drain a putt to boost some odds on the FanDuel mobile app. 
uh, here shortly whenever we get off the air. We're heading to Waco, Texas tomorrow to call the Baylor-West Virginia game on Halloween night. Should be a lot of fun. And I believe there's some big news coming this weekend, too. What? What? Thanks to Dwight Freeney, ladies and gentlemen, first ballot Hall of Famer. Thank you. Tell you what, he's a good dude, man. Sent me a limo one time when I was drunk downtown to get me home. I played cards with him before. Not that one we talked about on the plane ride. It was big. That Gatorade bottle shot, it was wild. He was just a good dude, a cool superstar, very smooth, handsome, and knows his shit inside and out. Can't thank Dwight Freeney enough for stopping by. Appreciate what he did to boost some odds, too, on FanDuel for uh, the sack prop bet for the Colts. It used to be plus 200. Now it's plus 300, thanks to Dwight Freeney. The Colts will get three sacks. I believe they will, especially with Dwight Freeney's good graces. Jim Mercer announced shortly after he was on our show that he will be entering the Colts Ring of Honor. Congrats to him. It'll be Freeney Day. I believe they're playing the Dolphins. Smart marketing. Get him in there for Dwight Freeney. Go check him out if you're in Indianapolis. If not, send us a tweet and try to make us laugh. Uh, send us your Halloween costumes. Best ones that we see win $500 uh, to the Pat McAfee store, the Pat McAfee show store. Revamped with a bunch of new things, new styles, everything like that. $500 to the store for best Halloween costumes in Zito's eyes. That should be fun to figure out. Just tweet us at Pat McAfee Show, at Ty Schmidt, at Viva Lazito, at Nick Morado, at Evan Foxy, and hashtag cool costume, cuz. <laughs> and you could possibly win $500 to our store. Let's go. I can't wait to see him. Uh, you're the absolute greatest. Thanks for listening. Ty Schmidt, play that independent music that won't get us sued, cuz. You know there's a knife